0: This is Unique Radio. Follow us on social media at We Unique Radio. That's We Unique Radio.
1: Everybody check it out. We back. Unique Radio. We have Jimmy in the building, Medina and Rick. What up? Yeah. So, man. So, let's tell me, what did everybody do this week? Well, Ricky, yes. we'll start with you. What, what do you got going on? I
2: was just thinking about the magnificent meal your wife made yesterday. That was good, good. stuff. We got chicken, potato salad, Dominican style. Burgers. Yeah, it may look chicken. white, but I'm half Dominican, half Puerto Rican, so I Eggplant. appreciate the effort. Eggplant. <laughs> yeah, shroomies. She,
1: yeah, Sheila, went, she really went in yesterday. Great, man. Sheila, a, you did a great job. She, yeah, she did the red belt. I yes. missed it. Yeah, she did a uh, red velvet cake uh, for dessert. Little wine, the wine. Yeah, uh, yeah. Remy brought what? The Pinot Grigio. Mm-hmm.
0: He loves that Pinot Grigio. Yes, he does. Wait, I like my Joe got two things. One, I didn't get an invite, and number two, even if I did, I was stuck in traffic.
1: Right. So I why, didn't get an invite. So why didn't
0: anyone invite me? She just brought
1: the food. Me. Yeah. She just had why did Brink you
0: got? In. Where's my Where's my team at? Ricky was here. How did he get the invite?
2: We were, I didn't know. Yeah I, yeah, I came here to do work, and right. then. All of a sudden when I was walking down I saw the um, the heat, you know, the heat waves coming off the mm. grill. Okay, right? just making sure. I didn't I know like, if it was
0: like a team unique minus somebody else, you know.
2: Yeah, it know, wasn't like yeah, we were yeah. sitting around the table like in the Fast and the Furious, holding hands, praying, <laughs> representing family. <you laughs> know? Just making
0: sure because you know, I've been sick for the past couple of weeks, so I kind of feel like I've been forgotten a little bit over here, you know. No, Never. No, 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 Never, no, 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 no. That's like three right boys there. against one. No, that's no,
1: stop it now. Actually, I was surprised. All I saw was a bunch of trays coming in. Leo's bringing in some trays. I'm like, where are we putting all this stuff? Oh, right. a lot of food, man. A lot of food, and I'm like, she like, what's going on? She was like, oh, I just wanted to make a couple of things. She made like eight trays. Everything. Yeah, she made like she eight made two trays. kinds of chicken. I'm like I would have prepared, Burgers. I would have invited everybody. I would have, right. you know, we had right, enough food. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
3: We had enough food for everybody. I said, we
1: have we have an are in the uh, off time right now, so I'm oh, like, Hell, yeah. there's no one here. Nice today, so I'm like, ah, but you know what? It was good. The food was delicious. The, first off, I got to take a lot of pride in my grilling skills. Uh, <laughs> you know, she she took all the credit. For yeah, this. okay.
2: So I told you, I'm like you're you're like the forgotten soldier, <laughs> yeah. just
1: sitting there. Then Doing work. I'm like working that grill. And it was yesterday was like the hottest day. It was nice. It Nice.
3: Now, during the day, it was brutal, it was brutal. outside.
1: It, oh, yeah. It got so brutal, the clouds got, they were they were suffering. They had to let a little shear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it started raining a little bit. But um, we got a great show coming up here, everyone. Um, Medina, you want to break it down? Let everybody know what we got going on here today.
0: Well, basically, we're going to get into some of the stories this week in auto and sports and entertainment, and there's a lot happening in auto, so sometimes it's kind of hard to just narrow it down, but I thought there were some interesting things going on with, um, I know one of your favorite cars that you kept talking about during the auto show show that we were in in April was your Dodge Challenger Demon.
3: Yes. Ooh. Yeah. So
0: it's basically going to show up in a bunch of dealerships within the next couple of months.
2: A a select number of
3: dealerships. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, because when I spoke to the guy from Dodge, he said that there's going to be 300 made for North America, and that means Canada and the U.S. US. So I, I, I took it as 300 for the U.S., 300 for Canada, which, I mean, these are north america's huge right so that is limited limited edition so i think they were saying like like the goal it's like the car equivalent of of the golden ticket right exactly when
3: you break it down i think they said it was less than one car per dealership so there are going to be some dealerships who aren't even seeing this car that's how exclusive it's going to be
2: one dealership's just going to get a wheel
3: exactly
0: A so, windshield wiper. Those <laughs>
3: dealerships got to know their customers and fight for those cars, probably.
0: Now, the only thing I don't know um, is how much they're going to be going for. I mean, if it's a very exclusive kind of How much does the cat cost? I'm assuming at least at least $200,000. Whoa, no. Definitely not that much. They're price
1: themselves out the market. No, no, I'm no. sure it's going to be under 80000
3: Yeah. So w- what's going to happen with this is th- they can't really... I would think. They really, they really can't price it like that because they already have uh, hellcats in the market and this is a nice step up from that but where the value is really going to be is once the cars are bought and then when they're resold eventually mm. down the line that's where the value is going to come in because there's such a limited run and that's if they decide to keep it a limited run they may sell out of them in the first day and decide oh, we're going to make more make more yeah but then you still have the the first run so it's going to be kind of exclusive but we'll see what, we'll see what happens
0: now is this demon being so popular because of its horsepower because it had like what is it about this demon that everyone is just going so crazy about
2: the horsepower i mean not even that but the hellcat is very popular and right. when people found out that there was going to be a car that was more powerful than the hellcat they went nuts, and also it's the exclusivity about it. Whenever there's something, you see it all the time with like sneakers,
0: a when limited th- amount. When there's a limited
2: yeah. amount, collectors they wanna they wanna have that for yeah. their collection. It's just how it is. Yeah. I mean, so
3: it's gonna be exciting, that's for sure. But you know what's really exciting right now, and this actually happened last night. What's that? When we watched the Eastern Conference Finals, and uh, Cleveland was spanking. Sp- Spanking.
1: yeah, that was just. Did Boston you see the commercials night. at the evening? Did you see the, uh, you know, they had these little skits at the nighttime. like they had LeBron spanking the leprechaun. Yeah, <laughs> did they? You know, it's <laughs> but, bad
3: when this uh, is when you know, this is the crazy. headline in USA Today. Cavaliers obliterate Celtics in game two. Yeah, it was obliterate.
1: Bad. Hey, oh, MVP snub. Listen, to me first yeah. off, how can they leave him off the list? LeBron is the king. Yes. He knows what the, you know, like just like what he said last night, he said, you know, you know, the league knows what I bring to the table.
3: Exactly. So now
1: you just woke up a sleeping giant even more.
3: Right. Now he's gonna now he's gonna prove now he's gonna prove you wrong for not putting him in contention. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, you
1: saw me and you were watching the game, right? And, yeah. and and I was like, Man, look at LeBron. He looks upset and he's he up does. by
3: forty. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he he had the look in his eye like he was down by forty, the like, eye of he Tiger. Was,
1: <laughs> It
3: it was insane, you know
1: I'm but I'm telling you, but man, he just it, it's it's gonna get worse. And I'm not a LeBron
3: and, fan as far as basketball concerns. I think he's a great guy, but I'm I'm not a fan of his basketball. But I think even it's ridiculous. I even think it's ridiculous that he wasn't. Did wait,
0: the NBA give a, give a reason? No. How are you not a fan of LeBron? I'm just not. But not. why? No, I why? just I want to know why. I mean, just why. So who are you a fan of? So I could compare and contrast because LeBron is are you a Steph
1: Curry fan.
3: No, I'm not a Steph Curry <laughs> fan. Uh, I'm not really a fan of anyone of this generation.
0: OK, uh, but let's okay. we have to talk about this generation. And what
3: me and my friends like to call the skinny genification of the NBA. Oh, yes. We've got to give so, credit to Michael exactly. Rappaport and
0: Gerald Moody. Exactly.
3: So um, but, you know, the guys that are out there now aren't playing the same game. So. It's a little hard to say who my favorite is. I just didn't, and we talked about this a little bit on last week's show. I didn't like the, I don't like the the big three and the players being able to decide who gets to, you know, come to their team because generations before they didn't have that opportunity. Like if Michael Jordan got to say, I want that guy, that guy, and that guy.
1: But we're not in that era, so we just we're not. Go, but that's why I'm saying I don't really have a fan. Just talk really about the game fan. last night, which the Cavs just like really just ran them over exactly and i think this series is going to be pretty much a wrap soon right and, I don't, uh, for you know, sure i mean it's going to they're going to run soon. right through them you know i think that the Celtics are going to come back they got to come back after this uh loss you know what i'm saying right. and come back and fight for and show you know show that they got a little heart
3: and and then we and then we also know that golden state's going to run right through the warriors so Golden
1: State through the Warriors. warriors. They, are the they are warriors. the Warriors. They're they playing the, themselves. You know what I'm saying? This first. <laughs> no, I, do <laughs> no, know. I don't, don't know, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't I do the, the funny thing on the computer there? <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. yeah, like,
3: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Give yourself well, a nice like, little yeah, you yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. drop Let one. me get behind those boards. Yeah. <laughs> I got a little excited.
3: Um, so but we know they're going to run through the Spurs so it's it's inevitable. I don't know about that but okay. No, it's I inevitable. Mean, they, we're going to have Golden State the, and they the broke Cavs. the guy's ankle. They,
1: <laughs> they didn't break, break player, his the ankle. They by 23. But all right, listen. So we're talking about sports. So Tom Brady. Giselle.
3: Yeah, what do you think? Do you think it's do you think I mean, he was concussed or me, not? I
1: mean I, I mean I don't know why she would say that because I know when I come home from work sometimes and I'm just sometimes I'm just so upset or whatever, I, I might just say crazy things. Right. But I don't really mean them. Right. You know, it's like, had a rough day, so maybe, you know, maybe Tom said something, but he really didn't mean that. Right. I mean, he would be, not like, he probably just said, listen, I got a headache. I don't want to talk to you right now. Exactly. But, but listen, <laughs> I, I feel like <laughs> in football,
0: there's... You can't. <laughs> I was like, listen, we got to go to France. Right. And he probably was like, he listen, was like listen, listen, I listen, I got a concussion. concussion. I, I, need go a rest. To yeah, I need to France. I'm concussed. But you <laughs> can't deny that, that in football, <laughs> a lot of these players do suffer concussions, whether you're getting hit a lot or small. There has to be some uh You can only get hit scale one time. Of, yeah, and, yeah. So, so there has to be a sliding scale. Whether right. he might not have a h- crazy problems like some of these other people are coming out with. But I... Feel like there has to be something going on. Yeah, well, but I
1: feel bad for the NFL then because when if you, you have had a concussion, he doesn't have one this year. Right, going to really kill
3: exactly him. <laughs> when you have a when you have an incident like that. I mean, anything could happen. So um, whether it's what Will said, and you know, he maybe he used that as an excuse, or he may have he may have gotten hit one day and he thought he had a concussion, but the doctors said he didn't. Yeah, but, I don't think she should have said anything anyway. No, uh,
0: like not she shouldn't not. have brought it up. And just put it out there without him actually coming out and saying something. But the thing is, a lot of these guys suffer years later without even knowing it. So you may get hit in the head tomorrow. And they're like, no, well, everything's all good. And then come to find out 10 years from now, you had some crazy ill stuff happening. Brady
2: Brady should be sending the NFL a gift basket because... Right. The NFL today, when it comes to being a quarterback, as far as how protected they are, Absolutely. compared to the NFL from back in the day, I mean, right. I don't know if any of you have seen that documentary on HBO about Joe Namath, mm. where they show the ice bowl back in the day, where, I mean, below zero temperatures, no heaters, no heaters on the side, just these guys, it was just basically Namath wearing a mink coat and he was just getting Looking like a boss. Yeah. Knocked. Just getting obliterated. I mean, there was this one game he played versus the Raiders, and I forgot which which guy it was. One of the uh, D linemen on the Raiders was like, no, I wanted to pound him into the ground. Like, I mean, the guy is like, sounds like Gene broken. <laughs> yeah, it probably was. But that's the thing. Like, now these quarterbacks are so protected that it's football. I'm sorry. You're going to get hit. You're going to get injured. It's just the way it is. Well, I heard
3: a great thing. Uh, Chris Carter was talking about this the other day, and he said that, um, you know, it's tough because if you leave it up to the player, uh, one of the other guys was saying, I think if there are grown adults, and it's different. He was saying that when the league wasn't giving the players or allegedly wasn't giving the players all the information about concussions, it's a different story. But now... The players, ben Davidson was the guy, was. right? The players are made aware of of the risks. They tell them if they have a concussion, and he's saying it should be up to them. Chris Carter is saying, "No, trust me, as a football player, you don't want to leave it up to us because we're crazy. We'll go out there and play and hurt ourselves even more." So it's a it's an interesting de- debate on what you know h- how it is, but it is a violent sport, and like I said, all the guys in there are adults. They know the risks.
1: Yeah, like I mean. And just to shift it back to basketball a little bit, you know, it's still in the same uh city there, in right. Boston. Right. Isaiah he's been playing and injured, you know, right. and he just had to pull himself out. He's like, I can't go. Like he's been playing injured. He has a lot of heart. I was really surprised that he came out, but obviously he must have been really injured on his hip. Right. So you know, big shot to, to come him. to come out of a playoff game. You got. to Yeah. Be the, and he's be been he's the he been that spark plug the whole season. Right.
0: Well, actually, I was curious about this because I've been hearing about a lot of times, a lot of N- NBA teams, the coaches will bench their players and then start to play them if they end up going into the playoffs. And a lot of reason is because they're not necessarily injured, though. So how do you feel about that when well, players are
3: setting a player to rest them up for the the postseason? Yeah. I, I think that's that's, that's it's strategy.
1: No, that's strategy. If I was a coach and I know I'm not trying to put up that many minutes on my players, I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to if if, the, if it's not in the deal, like, you know, you could do that, then why not utilize right. that? I, I you're just, you know, basically resting some of your players throughout the season. So when you know you make the, the tournament, <laughs> you're gonna get busy in the playoffs. I, I just
3: don't like the way that they're doing it because you know they're they're, they rest, they're resting players on on
1: away games, so yeah. But if I'm a coach, I'm not really trying to show too many of my my schemes or right. you know basically my plays. I right. mean, because you got you're gonna wind up facing them in the playoffs most likely. You see, when I, I used to coach uh, Pee Wee hockey, and I remember one time. Pee I- hockey. <laughs> <laughs> them, what do they know in Pee Wee hockey? <laughs> <I'm sorry>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they call it <laughs> pee-wee, hockey. peewee hockey. I mean, I love that. The little what guys. The little
1: guys. You, what are you actually saying? Since, hey, son, what you do is with this puck, you got to go into that little. Got to make sure
0: you got to make sure you watch it, though. <laughs>
1: no, no. I, I, I treated these guys like soldiers
2: going into war. And I was like, look, <laughs> I said one, one time one of these little kids, Troy, was like, I'm hurt. I can't play. I was like, look, if the Jews could build the pyramids, you could get your ass out there and score me a goal. <laughs> I get out there, Tiger. <laughs> did you tap? Did you did you nice.
0: tap him in the butt? Oh, I gave him a little butt scoot oh, and Pushed
2: him out there and oh, ended up breaking yeah. his leg. No, I'm just kidding. He, <laughs> he 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 did very well. Let me try.
0: <laughs> so what is after Peewee? Did he go on to the next league above Peewee? Mites. That's the little guy. Like the little little guys.
2: Then it's, I think Peewee squirts, Bantam, and then Junior B. If I'm correct. Squirts. Right. Oh, oh my God! I
0: didn't crazy. know all this. Look at that. You mm-hmm. learn something new every day. Yeah. There you go. The mother football. comes
3: up like. <laughs> You made my four-year-old cry. I,
2: I said, I was like... You, you know, told look. him to man up. I was like, look, we're at war. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Ricky, hit
1: too much, man. Uh, uh, uh,
3: but we'll see how the NBA handles this. I think next year there's going to be a rule change about when you can you know, bench players um, or rest players and, and where you can do it. So it'll be interesting to see, that's for sure. I was
2: just want to see micromanaging. It's... Let the coaches do their thing. Exactly. There's
1: something exciting here that I saw on, on TMZ. Connor fighting Floyd Mayweather. Is this really oh, gonna happen? Let's go to our yeah, uh, let's, uh, let's go to our cor- MMA correspondent team. Yeah,
3: let's go to our uh be fighting MMA analyst yeah, Ricky do.
1: Bones. Ricky Bones. Well,
2: according to ESPN, Connor and the UFC finalized their end of the deal, but the here's the, the Issue that I see coming up. There's so many moving parts in this deal happening. When Floyd Mayweather fought Manny Pacquiao, you had Mayweather Promotions, you had Showtime, then you had HBO and Top Rank. And it took years for that deal to be made because both sides were just arguing over percentages. Now, Floyd Mayweather, people have to understand, he gets a piece of the concessions, he gets a piece of the ticket sales. He gets a piece of the, the pay-per-views, the merch, everything.
1: Conor McGregor... He's my role model right there. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. I like
2: that. Yeah. They don't call him Money Mayweather for no reason, but Conor McGregor is going to want a piece of the action similar to what Floyd is getting. And then you have a strong personality like UFC president Dana White. You've got Showtime. It's Steven Espinoza, the head of Showtime Sports, is someone that, I, that I've that i met, and he's, a, he's definitely the type of guy that could... Is flexible enough to get a deal like this done. What concerns me more is Dana and Floyd. They're such strong personalities, and then again, Conor McGregor. He's going to want to get maybe not the same amount as what Floyd is getting, but he looks at himself as a more relevant name at this time because he's actually fighting and globally.
1: So,
0: but I know Floyd May- Mayweather will easily make, let's say, like 80 million, and McGregor. 80 and mcgregor like
1: 280 and yeah. Ma- mm-hmm. mcgregor will
0: make like 20 million i'm just using the number of like he's still going to make a really pretty penny off this fight whether he wins or loses
1: obviously yeah, uh, but and i, I mean think, mcgregor I, I think that yeah but i think that uh, floyd is actually looking to do a billion dollars on this next fight mm. so i don't know if this uh, you know that's the only way i see this actually happening so for then he could be like you know what I'm, you know on my own this is my, my my last fight and i made a billion dollars that would be the, the i think that's his motivation that he needs any money but he just likes that b at the end so so
3: contracts aside though let's say they get let's say for some miraculous reason that they get this deal worked out and it's happening what about the actual fight itself
0: i was just going to ask this question because i'm a huge boxing fan and even though Floyd's
3: gonna win it's comp- it's
0: two different well, sports no in okay, yeah difference. let's let's
3: talk about the before what? we even say who wins and loses what about the differences between
0: the fighters, how sports.
3: Mayweather boxes and how McGregor is a mixed martial artist? And what are the advantages and disadvantages? Because uh, for all intents and purposes, Mayweather is clearly going to be in his element because it's going to be a boxing match. Yep. It's going to be in a boxing ring. Yep. And there's no kicking. Nope. Right. No. Rick, explain to us a little no bit about the, the, the advantages and disadvantages. <laughs> and headlocks that, and that nah. each
1: player. No will wrestling on ground. <laughs> <laughs> in, yo, yo, the ground. Floyd's a, yo, tap buff on the outside, man. It's just gonna be really. Yeah, that, no, will,
2: Will's Will's on point with that. I think again, it's it's. It's 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 basically going to be a con job. What they're what they're looking to do with this fight
1: <laughs> is they're, oh. how can you do a con job for a billion dollars? Let me know. Because I, I,
0: I, uh, well that's tough. look look uh, don't even get me started. Don't no, I was just about to say something. Do, I mean, look at our president. If that's right, not though, the con job.
1: Oh come on. That's not.
0: i'm saying you said it's impossible that's what she's
2: like floyd she slipped that little little (laughs) jab i was like
0: (laughs) she counted (laughs) up listen i just got in my pocket yeah you
2: know no but i I say it's a con job because the 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 mayweather pacquiao fight the reason that fight did the numbers it did was not because of the hardcore boxing fans they you know top rank Mayweather Promotions, Showtime HBO, they had all the hardcore boxing fans' money already. It was the casual fans that ordered that fight because they wanted to be a part of history and they wanted to throw their little parties. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people by like the fifth or sixth round at their parties weren't even watching the fight anymore. They're like, this is over. So it's a con job in the fact that everyone still holds on to that old cliche, a puncher's chance. Oh, well, what if Connor catches him? Floyd is too good of a boxer and boxing is too precise of an art form that connor is not going to be able to just come in and and catch floyd if floyd doesn't want to be caught he will not be caught right on top of that the bookies also are the ones who are going to benefit off this con job for all the idiots out there that are like well you know what it's like buying a lottery ticket you know a puncher's chance and that's just not how it is but what's going to happen is because dana white and the ufc are smart they're using this as an opportunity where they're going to have the main event be a boxing match. But the undercard is going to be all UFC fights that showcase yep. their talent so that the people that buy the pay-per-view aren't going to feel cheated. And they're going to be like, oh, my God, look at Joanna J! This, this young Polish chick that's an amazing fighter. You know, Look at Demetrius Johnson, this flyweight. It looks like Bruce Lee flying around the cage. So, I think it, it, they're going to give it value, but the main event,
3: I think, is going to suck. So, do you think this is like a precursor to, um, you know, people have been saying for the past couple of years that boxing is in a decline? Obviously, MMA is uh, not, I wouldn't I call them I a, on a I Not an
0: incline.
1: Know, boxing I wouldn't, fans are boxing fans. They are. But I'm
3: talking I don't, I don't about. besides look at it like that.
1: I still like a, enjoy boxing. Canelo, you got some really good fights. Triple G, like you got good. I a hundred
3: percent agree with you. I'm talking about the consensus out there that boxing is not as popular as it was. Yeah, and
1: I have to agree with 15, that. Fifteen, twenty years ago, yeah. depending. Yeah, yeah, because Tyson ain't in it. You know what I'm saying? Everybody right. was excited when Tyson was fighting. Mm-hmm. Right, Roy. Jones. And they were the. To yeah. be honest, they were you know, the
3: only. They were the only. You know, show in town.
1: Yeah, but Floyd's Even what's his it face? Down. Flo- he uh, is. Floyd's but it how down.
3: long does he have left? Are you saying this might He's be his got, last fight? Possibly, and then who do you he's have bringing, after he's him?
1: Bringing some, he's got some new talent that he's bringing up. I mean, if you seen him scout boxers, I mean, he would know if the guy's going to be pretty good. For sure. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he know he's he's a master at his craft and he could see talent. So I think th- I think that they they're doing a good job. They are trying to develop new uh, talent and also stars. And I think I think they they got them. They just got to do more on the uh, promotions.
3: So what I was trying to say though is, do you think this is a new era in the fact that let's see if this works out in this format if it goes the way Rick says it does, where we have a boxing main event and we have UFC leading up to I that. I think it's going to be a kind of mix,
1: right? I know, but I don't know. That's going to be tricky because <laughs> there's different, uh, you know, there's different organizations and companies. So they I don't are. Know, I don't know how that's going to work. And boxing
2: fans tend to just. They're, they're very loyal to
1: boxing yep, and MMA right. fans.
2: There's people like me who if love both. If you force both. feed them, though.
1: I like both. I'm starting to get into the, the UFC and the MMA, and I'm saying that a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Right. I just, you know, it's a it's, different sport. Maybe they're trying to cross crossbreed. Yeah, like, you know, you right. just, I mean, it's just like, I don't know. It's taking a little bit because I'm used to always watching boxing with my grandfather and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So right. I'm a boxing fan, so... I would love to see this fight, but I know what what the outcome is going to be.
2: What's interesting to me about this fight is not even what's happening inside the ring, but just what it represents. Because if you're talking about the state of boxing and the popularity of boxing, the reason that boxing's popularity has been affected has been less about the talent. Because there's a lot of guys right now, like you mentioned, Canelo, Triple G, Chocolatito, uh, Lomachenko. These guys are all talented fighters we just saw a fight in the heavyweight division um between anthony joshua and vladimir klitschko which is was an awesome fight right the thing is is the time that we live in with social media and staying relevant as far as having that braggadocious personality and and being on instagram being on twitter floyd mayweather stylistically is an amazing fighter but he's a very technical defensive fighter that a lot of people that aren't you know Hardcore fans of boxing that don't understand the footwork and the distance and the speed and the timing. They don't watch Floyd Mayweather and look at it like, oh, my God, this is so entertaining. They just right. want to see either Floyd Mayweather win because they love the, you know, started from the bottom. The, now we're here. The story, hype around it. Or right. they want to see him get knocked out because they hate his just bragging money Mayweather persona. So these fighters like a Terrence Crawford. He's an amazing fighter, he's but nice. he's very quiet. He's very soft-spoken. He's nice. yeah, that's Terrence nice. that's different. If Terence Crawford was fighting back in the days of, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard and Roberto Duran, he would have been a huge star because back then it was about the sport. Now right. it isn't about that. Now we live in a society that social media, flashy, flashy, flashiness. Yeah, yeah keeping yourself. In the news, in the headlines, because we're constantly on our phones, constantly reading headlines.
1: That's what's right. important. So if your name's not out there, exactly, you're not relevant. Yo, Bruce, man, make sure you holler, man. We got to get Floyd on the show here. Definitely. Hell yeah, yo, yeah. Bruce, let's get. Floyd I'm working on, on, on the Connor. Show. Nice.
2: I'm working on Connor. Oh, okay. There yeah. you go.
1: So that would be
3: that would be nice, but uh, that uh, would be nice to have him on. But I think that what you're saying really, it's like almost when in floyd's style of fighting you say he's more of a defensive fighter and to me like i'm not a huge boxing fan but i like to see a lot of punching i like to see a lot of yeah.
1: so i, I'm I more, mean everybody does right I mean, all right when you watch a baseball game you want to see a lot of home runs right exactly I mean, but that's not realistic it's not and, but i mean to people me, that really know the the sport they know that that's not really you know i look at it's styles that make fights
3: 100% styles. agree you know I'm with you. So I'm like just saying, for a non boxing fan.
1: Yeah, two styles might not make a great. It right. may make a. Yo, if you got two boxers that are really crafty, there's not going to be that much fireworks, bro. Right. I mean, because one, one mistake lights out. So they both going to be real careful what the, they do.
2: The The litmus test for me, as far as a fight to watch from this year, that if you don't enjoy this fight, you're definitely not going to enjoy Mayweather McGregor. And I'm not even the fact because this, this fight I'm going to mention was very competitive, but I mean, this fight had a little bit of everything was when Sergey Kovalov fought Andre Ward. I mean, it was a action early on in the fight. Andre Ward ended up getting knocked down by Sergey Kovalov. And then he made adjustments, came back to win in a controversial decision. It's, It's about the technical prowess of these fighters. So if you really think about McGregor Mayweather, it kind of does play into the casual fan because casual fans usually aren't watching the fight because of the fight itself. They're watching it because of the lead up and the spectacle.
0: I agree. I think people are just going to be watching just for the sake of watching, not because they necessarily are fans or either ones. And then you got the diehard fans. that probably will really want to. see. It's going to be interesting to
3: see what happens. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. I
0: agree. Coming up we have a special series where we're going to be profiling the life and times of our very own Will Castro and we wanted to tell a story what makes Will Will where he grew up how he grew up what drives him his experiences you know things that he um saw and and just basically what made him into the mogul that he is today we wanted to provide an intimate profile through sound and to show you basically what makes Will unique so stay tuned That's coming up.
3: This segment of Unique Radio is powered by the legendary brands of Harman International, including JBL, AKG, and Soundcraft. Connected car, connected services, lifestyle audio, or professional solutions, the brands of Harman International have you covered. Visit them on the web at harman.com. H-A-R-M-A-N.com. We may know Will Castro is the car customizer to the stars and the brains behind Unique, but who is Will Castro really? This will be an intimate look into the mind of the man behind one of the most well-known and respected brands in the aftermarket automotive industry.
1: What got me into cars at a, a young age was of course, when you first have that Christmas tree put up and you open up your gifts and there's Hot Wheels, AFX, Tyco, i was always like crazy about cars
3: will's passion for the automotive industry like many others started at a young age
1: me and my friends we just would play in the hallways we would always want to brag what cars we had at that time richard petty was the was the bomb that 43 if you had that 43 inside your case that baby blue 43 you know you was killing them at that time too that we used to also change the tires
3: growing up in the laguardia projects on the lower east side of manhattan would help provide the foundation from which his life and businesses would be built.
1: It was like from apartment D to apartment J. We just would make a long track, put the little U on it to turn. The hallways were pretty narrow on the project. Now, if you had a really good stickum car and you had that outside lane, you could actually hug the guardrail and it would fishtail and you would just go right off the uh, guardrail as well
3: as ignite the spark that would go on to fuel his passion and love for cars
1: i wound up working two jobs i started doing like detailing and valet parking that was what really got me into the cars these are the moments for some reason this car always had a problem when it rained so i remember one time me and honey girl were driving across the williamsburg bridge right and we're going into manhattan and this shit just wanted to die out i'm like are you serious like it just like shut off places that's what's great about our city i mean i love new york i'm a new yorker there's so much that they offer here it, it's just amazing and people my grandfather wanted me taking no more trains He's like, yo will you got to get a car do good in school i'll get you a car and make sure you work that influenced
3: a young will castro transforming him into the man you see today
1: so we wound up getting the this 60 or I think it was like a 69 or 70 it was a 70 Pontiac Le Mans it was green that's all I could afford at that time this is his unique life this is his story
3: so Will since I've been with you one of the one of the questions that I that I hear people ask you the most is how did you get started in this industry what what got what was what made you
1: passionate what got you into cars first of all and then what got you into the industry what got me into cars at a, at a young age was, of course, when you first have that Christmas tree put up and you open up your gifts and there's Hot Wheels, AFX, Tyco, trains, you know, you, you, you know, it just was, uh, I was always uh, like crazy about cars. So when I had these cars, I started collecting them. Me and my friends, we just would play in the hallways. When we, You know, it just was something that we always did, especially around Christmas time. We would always want to brag what cars we had. At that time, Richard Petty was the, was the bomb. That 43, if you had that 43 inside your case. That baby blue. That baby blue forty three. you know you was killing them. So at that time, too, that we used to also change the tires. They had the little blue, the little red ones. That you could change the tires on the AFX.
3: So it was like almost a customize, like you can c- customize the the toy
1: cars. Yes, I mean this has been going on for years. And now
3: what is AFX? Because obviously I'm just a little bit younger than you, right? And I know Hot Wheels, and I know.
1: Come on, fellas, you know what AFX is all. Now come on, we listen to me. AFX is like, it, it was a it was like a, a magnetic car, and you put it on this track, and you and you can do figure eights. We used to just connect all these tracks the length of the whole hallway in the projects. So I'm sure your like neighbors a, love that. Yeah. But, but <laughs> yeah, it was like from apartment D to apartment J at the Wow. You know what I'm saying? So we just would make a long track, put the little U on it to turn, and we just now, if you went too, too fast, because our hallways were pretty narrow in the projects, you're flying off that corner. Yeah. And what happened, yeah, you're definitely flying off. It had those little guardrails. Now, if you had a really good a really stick-em car, and you had that outside lane, you could actually hug the, the actual guardrail. And it would fishtail, and you would just go right off the uh, guardrail.
3: So there was some skill involved. Like, you had to know when like to, when let, to up. let up on the gas. Yeah.
1: I when mean, to I mean, gun it. And Kenny, Kenny was really good, which was my best friend. Um, my only best friend, to be honest. I mean, I, I've never had a... A best friend like Kenny. I mean, we grew up together. When did you meet Kenny? Oh, elementary. I mean, we he was on the third floor, I was on the ninth floor in two eighty. Uh, we just we we were born and raised together, man. It was we were brothers, and like everything that he did, I did. Anything I did, he did. So like if we had he had a schwin, he had the schwin uh, orange crepe. I went and got the the sweet pea, which is the green one. You know what I'm saying? So nice. he got a banana seat. I got a banana seat. You know what I'm saying? He got the headlight on on the handlebars. I got a headlight on the handlebars. He wound up getting a mini bike. I wound up getting a mini Honda. So <laughs> you know you, what I'm saying? So, so we just as kids, you guys that. were partners in crime. Yeah, we was. Oh, yeah, definitely. But we was just like always like always competing against one another. You know, he had the OJ Simpson uh, kit. I had the Joe name of kit. You know what I'm saying? Like we always was battling. No matter if it was sports, cars, girls, it just me and Ken just was we we were like we were, you, we were side by side all the time. That's
3: amazing. So yeah. you, that's so that's how you started with the AFX with the Hot Wheels. Yeah, yeah. And and you really loved the AFX because you could customize them, and that's what really. Got you
1: thinking about what you could do to change a stock? Car. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could change frames. You could change all kind of stuff that we used to have. There was always like a. a we had like a. I had the black cases, and, and you know, we used to we started collecting so many. You know, what I'm saying I, I think I had at one time maybe like ten cases of AFX cars. Wow. Like one case would just be with parts. You know what I'm saying? Like all different type of parts you may need for for the for the car. Um, like if one got messed up, you could change it. You so know, it was like a real race team. Yeah. It, Gotta was, have the it was Casual, yeah, part, Team yeah. Casual Team. So, so basically, we were messing around with those when we were kids. And then, uh, at that time, you know, also, Speed Racer was out. The cartoon. Okay. You know? So, basically, yeah, Speed Racer was out. My man, and I was always a Raider X fan. You know what I'm saying? Like, a, a Racer X, not Raider right. X. That was my truck, actually. <laughs> Bobby, that wasn't yours. But, Ra- Racer Bobby. X, Racer X was, uh like, His brother, and he had a mask, and and my my racer actually had the the black the black race car, and my man would give Ghosty Racer a run for his money all the time, and like I said, you know we just when we 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 was growing up like that was our main show, then of course I got into Green Hornet with the Kato and you know Batman all of that stuff, but you know it just we we was kids, man. But cars. And they all had cool rides, right? Oh. The Green Hornet. Yeah, the Green Hornet was serious. That was an Imperial. Then you had the, you know, the Batmobile. Mobile. Like, yo, right. everything is, you know, cars has just been part of my life always. Um, Remember the Knight Rider? Yes. The Trans Am, you know what I'm saying, with the little light going back and forth. I remember Meth had me do something like that on his Benz. <laughs> so I was like, my man wanted the car to go, the light to go left and right. But it's just, you know, big shout out to him. But, you know, just, it, it, it just, we just did a lot of stuff with cars. Then you know bicycles so the mini afx bikes. to bikes many bikes uh we got plenty of times in trouble with our mini bikes uh we used to we used to buy it over at houston street i don't know if you guys know where that place was they had the little they had like i never understood but they had like turtles and all kinds. he had turtles and then he also had mini bikes but it was a, a known spot to always get the mini bikes at. Right. So I had, I had my blue mini bike. I remember I, I used it at the Veladix one time. This is a neighborhood. I, I mean, we, I was born and raised in Lower East Side, Manhattan. And, and we was in the LaGuardia Project, which was considered the hill. And then you had this other spot that was called the Veladix. So we, they had like little ramps, right? So I used to actually ride my minibike down those ramps. It was close stuff, by? Very close by. And we would drive our mini bikes and they have like, you know, obviously the housing police. Right. They would pull us over, impound our bikes. Wow, it was like, like that. Yeah, they put us down in the basement, wherever they had the you know, they put us down in this basement, sit us down, call our parents. My mom used to come down, wanna beat my ass. What <laughs> you know? now? Yeah. We used to always get into different things, but it was a great childhood down there in Lowy Side. Um I would never change it for the world. Uh, just, it just was a great thing. And I just be honest, like, you know, just cars was always wheels, right? Anything with wheels on it, anything with wheels.
3: Um, so did was, you guys get into like upgrading the bikes or fixing
1: the bikes? Yeah, that was, that was Ken. See, that's what I'm saying. That, that was his young thing. Age, that was his thing. See, I would be the sales guy, <laughs> right? And Kenny would be the mechanic, right? So that's how it always worked. Kenny was just like mechanically inclined. And then, obviously, you know, my mom wanted to move out of the neighborhood, and we wound up moving out, and we went to Long Island, What was that like for you, a kid growing up? All you knew was- The city. I mean- And the
3: the LaGuardia Project. I mean, I'm sure you've been other places, but that's where you grew up. Yeah. That's everything you knew.
1: Yeah. And, 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 And if anybody knows, Lower East Side, you know, is very diverse, okay? It's multicultural. You have Chinatown. You got Little Italy. You, you got all sorts, you know, just all sorts of walk of life. Right. It's all downtown. It's, it's all. And, and, and I love it because I got to meet so many great people. You know what I'm saying? A lot of my friends. And then when you, you know, I always played sports. So when you play sports, you got guys trying out from different areas, from 10th Street, from the Avenue, from the Hill, from the Smith. So all of these guys, they would all get together. And I would meet these guys and I'm like, yo, they're not that bad because when I was growing up, you know, you really just couldn't just walk around neighborhoods if you're not from there. You know what I'm saying? There was some racial tension for sure. Beside racial tension, there was just, you're not from this neighborhood. Right. We're being racist. Right. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter what color you are. Right. You don't live in this building. You don't belong here. Yeah. You don't belong in this building. Doesn't matter what color you are. I don't want to hear what 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 girlfriend you're talking about or your friend. You're not coming here. So it just was like that. but when you when you get to know a lot of these different people, you know, when you're playing sports and you get to meet them. Nah, I had a free pass everywhere. Right. And that's that's what I love about sports. It really unites people. Teams sure. unite people. You become family, you know what I'm right. saying? So, man, it's been a it just was a, a great journey, you know what I'm saying? And then that my mom gave me this little sales pitch. <laughs> now, just think about this. I'm like 16, 17 years old. She's giving me this pitch that well, I know you love sports. Listen to me; they got beautiful baseball parks, football fields, great coaches. You're gonna love it. The school bus picks you up at the house. Oh, I'm like, wow, okay, that's that sounds nice. That's different. So she's giving me this whole Eddie Courtship thing. You know what I'm saying? Right. The Brady Bunch. Right. And I'm like, wow. You thought, you, you, thought you, were, you
3: thought you were moving in next to the Cleavers, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's like, leave it to Beaver. Yeah. So we go. You know. So we go to Long Island. And
3: I was like... So from Lower East Side to where did you move exactly in Long Island? We was
1: in North Brentwood. North Brentwood. Yeah, North Brentwood, which was like particularly a white neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? In that area. In, and, as far as Brentwood is concerned. As far as Brentwood, because Brentwood is cut up in four slices. You know, North, South, East, West. Right. And we was on, in Sunderland, So, you know, I was in the North Brentwood side and you know, it just was different because I'm, I'm coming from a 280, which is dominantly a black building. Right. And now, you you know, I'm over here in, in North Brentwood, which is, you know, you got the Smiths. Right. <laughs> you, know, you got... The Joneses. The jo- yeah, you got all these, you know, these families, like, you know, like they're having dinner at 5.30, you know, lights is out at 8, 9 o'clock, you know, everyone sits in the living room and watches TV. Right. And it's just... uh it was a different way of life because my mom always worked. She was a hard worker, worked for the city for 38 years.
3: And she was still working for the city when you when guys moved out to I, Yeah, Brentwood. she
1: was commuting. She was commuting. And, you know, she, she like I said, she worked for 38 years for the city. I'm so proud of my mom. You know, she was a very hard worker. And she did a lot for me and my brother. Like she did everything. Right. Um, you I mean, know, you think about it. She had a pretty good.
3: She was commuting from.
1: Across the street literally madison, madison yeah. she was we was on madison street not madison avenue people right. so let's not get it twisted madison street and her job at Governor was literally i would say about 300 feet right yeah you could see it she comes out the lobby right she goes across the street from madison and walks to clinton she's already there right you know what i'm saying so it's like it was like a a I was like, "Wow, you really want to move to Brentwood?" I'm like, "Okay." Like, I didn't even know what Brentwood was all about. So she goes, "Oh, it's beautiful." You know, what I'm saying. And and at that time, in the Lower East Side, things were really starting to really heat up. Right. Think, what year know, was this? Just New Jack City was coming out. Right. So there you go. There. So yeah. there, so you know that's a that's perfect where the whole example. Era, that's a great example. So that was coming out. So things were changing, you know. It wasn't reefer <laughs> at right. the time. Things were really changing in the city, so my mom was like, "Nope, we got to get you guys out of here. You and Bobby and my brother got to come out, and we're gonna have to, you know, make a better life." And and I was like, "Man, I, I'm good right here. You know, I love the city, and had a lot of great friends down there, family down there, uh, my sisters. So it's just like, you know, it just was um, a really big transition from going from a a building atmosphere, you know, housing project to a suburbia house, you know what I'm saying? And it just was different. And the schooling was different, you know. We had public schooling, obviously, uh, you know, 56, and I think I was going to Stewart at that point or maybe Stuyvesant, I wasn't really sure at that time because in the city you could really pick where you want to go which is really cool, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, you want to go to Bronx Science. You want to go to Printing High. Like, there was a lot, you know, uh, Brooklyn Automotive. And that that was one of the things I wanted to touch on because
3: for those listeners who aren't from New York City, there's a little bit, or aren't familiar with it, there's a little bit of a different dynamic. For people that grew up in an area, especially as a kid, that wasn't as, um, that didn't have the type of transportation that New York had. A lot of people don't realize in New York City, when you're growing up as a kid, you you have a lot of freedom because you have, the, you have the bus system, you have the subway. And it's very common for kids as young. I've seen them as young as five, six years old, riding public transportation by themselves and going from one end to the city to the other. So it works the same way with school. Like if you're going to school in downtown or if you live in downtown, And you want to go to Bronx Science because that's what you're interested in. Yeah. Guess what? You're getting on the subway. Yeah. And you're taking it all the way uptown to the Bronx. You got to get accepted. Right. You got to get get accepted.
1: You got to go through the process. But that's that's what's great about our city. I mean, I love New York. I'm a New Yorker. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just love it. There's so much that they offer here. Um, It's just amazing. I mean, mean, let's just go back a little bit. Um, In the city, we would bike ride. Right. From lower Manhattan, from Jackson Park, all the way to Yankee Stadium. Like we would bike ride that right through Jackson Park, right through the FDR drive, all the way up, all the way up. You know what I'm saying? So it's just Shout out things to like Fat that. Joe. Yeah. All, I mean, all, we, we, it just was amazing, you know, to do these things when you're a kid like. Um, just, and that's
3: for, again, to give people a little bit of a perspective, that's pretty much the whole island of Manhattan. All the way from
1: downtown,
3: from the yeah, that's when I was in a lot part. of good shape. Yeah, that yeah, I was in very good shape at that. time. All the time. <laughs> way up to the
1: Bronx, which was where Yankee Stadium is. Yeah, we did. We used to bike ride. Then you know, when we used to go to the games, uh, bat day or whatever. You know, we just take the F train to the D train and go to Yankee Stadium. Get off at one hundred sixty first. Like it's just, you know, we, you know Coney Island. Like it, it, the mass transit is amazing. And New that's York. kids by themselves, just. I was doing, doing it. what you do. Yeah, we was doing it all the time. We right. would, we would not stay on just on the block. We used to we used to travel. Um, it it just was a great time, but you know, back now, you know, moving from from Lower East Side to Brentwood, you know, I remember, you know, the transition wasn't as smooth as I thought it was going to be. You know, um, you're talking about early '80s, like the way we dressed in the city is totally di- different than the way they dress in Brentwood at that right. time. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, we, I, I used to go to Orchard Street in Delancey. I used to get my 69ers, my Adidas, the hard show, like, yep. everything was on Orchard. My sheepskin, like, it just, you know, goose down, like, everything was there. Every Everything was there on Orchard. Um, and we used to just, you know, the music, the tapes, the boxes, like, we were so advanced. So when we go, when we went to when I when I went to Brentwood, I'm like, whoa, this is totally different. So number one, I was I was unique, I was different already. Right. Just coming into this this uh this environment at Brentwood, um. I made a lot of friends right away, and I made a lot of enemies right away because they were like, yo, we never really seen somebody dressed like that really you know what i'm saying like right i would come with my burgundy sheepskin and it just was you know we had sheepskin what just so i had jordash i mean we had it all i mean designer jeans it just it was just a lifestyle you know what i'm saying and the music the tapes that we used to have from grandmaster flash you know grand wizard theodore the battles the busy bees like right you guys were was in a- the epicenter of the hip-hop revolution it all started in new york city my cousin ricky man rest in peace like he would go to the Audubon. he used to go to t connection like and he would get all the tapes um he lived with us in brentwood too as well you know i'm saying he just passed away recently um i love him you know what i'm saying and and also you know millie but you know like he he would just have a style and he brought that right he used to you know i mean and then we just had three hb we had the, the the leather bombers so we, I would still. You guys were killing them out there. Yeah, we had. Yeah, we had to golf all the hats. Like we had. I mean, it was just. I mean, it was amazing. That time was that era was just great um, to live through all of that, and didn't want to let go. If if you understand what I'm saying, like, right. I'm still connected to my roots in LES, and I'm I'm going back and forth on the train every weekend. Right. You know. At, you know, at a young age because I didn't want to leave my neighborhood. Right.
3: All your friends were there. Everyone that you knew. Yeah. And
1: I made some great friends in Brentwood, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, you know, you know, I just I I met a lot of great people. You know what I'm saying? So but I, I still never wanted to leave. So I was going back and forth on the train at that time. And then, of course, I wound up getting a license. And then my grandfather helped me with my first car. Of course, Kenny had the first car, right, <laughs> of course, Kenny had to have the first car, and his car was a Plymouth satellite. I was in love with that car. It was a different type of green it wasn't like a dark green, and I think that I mean like I think guys that know Mopar probably would know this green. It was not a ugly green it was like a a light green it was it was dope it was really dope, and he had the he had these um man what the hell are those wheels there wasn't creggers cuz i had creggers he had something a little different i think it was like an rns uh strauss like brand and he had those on his car the chromes and he had the slicks he had the pro tracks and he wound up doing his own tent with the gear tent <laughs> i was like yo he was like ahead of the game and he and he wound up getting the what really got me was he wound up doing a system in the car. Okay. He wound up he wound up putting a pioneer system with an amp, six by nines, and door speakers.
3: Now what were you playing at that
1: time? Was it Yo, he was playing it was cassettes? Yo, he was playing Doctor Jekyll. No, nah, it was cassettes. It was cassettes, <laughs> bro. Don't get a sense <laughs> eight tracks, don't they try to be funny. But he was rocking Doctor Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, you know. I mean, it was just, don't, 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 you know, it was just so, it was so loud. Thumper. I was, I was hooked when I was in his car hooked and I was like, damn, I got to get me a ride. You know what I'm saying? So, right.
3: So that was your inspiration.
1: Yeah. Kenny was always, he was always inspiring, me, man. He was like, so like, and he was working at, at the Gulf gas station at the time, you know, working with his, with his, uh, with his uncle. He was parking cars at the garage on the West Side Highway, pumping the gas, doing the oil changes, and then at night, he would, you know, he would have a little bit of a side business. I used to come down there and help him. So he got me hooked at a very, very young age. And then I was like, you know, I was talking to my grandfather. My grandfather wanted me taking no more trains. He's like, yo, well, you got to get a car. Do good in school. You know what I'm saying? I'll get you a car and, you know, make sure you work. And, you know, basically I wound up working, you know, two, two jobs i started doing like detailing and valet parking you know what i'm saying right and you know that that was what really got me into the cars you know just like kenny i mean he had this job on the west side highway and my dad always had a nice car he had a he had a mustang right and a buick Electra 225 225 that thing was big bro and there was a boat yeah that thing was a boat but the my favorite car that my dad had was a was a Mustang. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm you know. What kind of Mustang was it? It was a fastback. It was a fastback, and it was it was like a tomato red, black interior. But I'm not a, I'm I'm not I'm not really like a, a big Mustang guy. I'm Mopar. But that was your favorite car that he had. Yes, that was the favorite car that that out of all the cars that he owned, that was the right. one that I liked the best. Because Steve McQueen had that bullet. So nice. that was one of my... I was like, all right, I understand why pops got that. Right. He thought he was maybe Steve McQueen or some <laughs> shit. But yeah, so so what, what it was is that, you know, I got hooked and I was like, man, what, what... You know, so me and Kenny are driving around. We're trying to find a car. So he was showing me all these burnt rental cars and shit like the Trans Amp. I said, I ain't got no money for that. So we wound up getting this, this 60 or... I think it was like a 69 or a 70. It was a 70 Pontiac Le Mans. It was green. I wasn't nice. crazy about it, but that's all I could afford at that right. time. So we wound up getting that car. And let me tell you, that car was nice. That I don't, car was I don't nice. think
3: there's many kids out there who are very happy with their first car. I mean, I'm sure there's some. I'm going to give you the problems about this
1: car. For some reason, this car always had a problem when it rained. Like the shit would want to just shut off. So, I remember one time, me and Honey Girl were driving across the Williamsburg Bridge. Oh, boy. Right? And we're going into Manhattan. And this shit just wanted to die out. I'm like, are you serious? Like It just, like, shut off. In the middle of the bridge. Yeah, this thing had a... Yo, we changed alternators. We changed batteries. We changed starters. This shit just was like a possessed car. So, I was dying to get rid of this car. This Pontiac, it was a cool car. It was fast, whatever. But I wasn't too happy with it, so that the next car that I wound up getting was a Plymouth satellite, okay, yeah, I got me a Plymouth satellite, and I got it from this old lady she lived on and she was in Brentwood, and I wound up getting this thing on candlewood, and I was driving always like you know going back and forth to go see honey girl and and icelip and and I used to take this back way, and I used to always pass this car this car it was like a uh, like a powder blue, Plymouth Satellite, and the satellite caught your attention because that's what Kenny had. Yeah. So you, as soon as you saw one, you're like, "Oh, that's that's what I want." Like right. you know, I know he might have even had the the be, yeah he had the satellite he had the satellite plus. My mine was the satellite regular power windows. <laughs> no, he had the I had. I had power windows and power locks. Oh, so you had to, uh, you so, had to up them one. Yeah, I had to up them on that one. So I, I, I spot this car, and I'm like, this is it. I want it. And I got it from this old lady. Was original it for owner, sale? It was for, it was for sale. Okay. It was for sale. Um, it was, Like, she wasn't really. It was an older lady, original owner. This thing was a baby. Nice. You know, it had the 318. It was nice. I was like, I want this. So I get this car. I didn't even need that. No work. It was the interior was black. It was beautiful already. But I just wasn't crazy about the color. You know what I'm saying? I always have to make it different, make it unique, make it what I want. Right. So I went to this guy. I think his name was his name was King. And I saw him painting cars. You know, what do I know? He's painting cars in his driveway. I'm like, this guy can't be that much money. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't afford Mako at the time. Right. So I'm like. Let me have this dude maybe paint my car. I want it to be like a midnight blue. That was one of my favorite colors at the time. So I was like, all right. So let me see how I could do this. Let's change it from the grandma powder blue to like a nice aggressive midnight blue. It almost looks black. Right. We're gonna paint it that color. So we want the paint. And then you also don't have to change the title because it's still blue. Exactly. I didn't change any titles. No. So I was like. I barely had plates, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? (laughs) So I'm like, like, all right, and mine was a 73. It was a '70. and I'm I'm telling you, I think if anybody has a 73 satellite with power windows, please reach out to me. Please tweet me, Instagram me, DM me. I, I am Will Castro. I'm ready for another one. But this time, we'll be painting it. We'll be doing the interior. Right. We'll be doing the wheels and tires. So it won't be done in a driveway, that's for sure. No, it won't. So, so I had this guy, King, do the paint. And then I went to Arnold Strauss. Well, how did it come out? It came out nice. came out real nice. He did a really good job. At that time, you could paint and throw a 1,000 coats on it. And then you just got to wet sand the shit out of it and polish it up. Right. And that shit looks like new. So that's what the one that, I could, trust me, I had him sanding that shit for days. I was like, yo, listen, I think there's a little run here. You better send that thing down and buff it up.
3: Oh, so you were a pain in the ass even back then.
1: Yes, I was already a pain in the ass. <laughs> so so he was like, so we got the car painted. I wound up getting the uh, the Craggers. Okay. I wound up getting the Tracks. I wound up getting a Clarion system. But I upped them, though. I had to get a sub, four channel amp. So I have four six by 9s Wow. And let me tell you, I was rocking that Shannon crazy. You know, I had the Madonna popping off in there. We had everything that you can name of in that in that music was popping. You know what I'm saying? Like, we had hip hop. I bet it sounded amazing. Yeah, I mean, I'm into freestyle. I'm into all kinds of music. That's one thing. Um, I, I love, I love music, period. Right. I love production. I love music. I love jazz, um, Stevie Nicks,
3: and people don't realize like when you have an amazing sound system, music sounds completely different. If you're just listening, even now, if you're just listening to music on the on the little headphones that come with your phone, mm-hmm. you are missing out on what music really sounds like. You need to upgrade your system a little bit if you're really into music and it'll open up a whole nother world for you. Absolutely. And I'm sure that's what Center it is. Center
1: channel. I mean, just right. everything. It's just like if you have a, a really great sound system, I mean, listen, a lot of platinum artists wanted to know how their CD sounded in the car. Right. Because that's where everybody was listening to the music. So they, they would make sure you're, well, listen, make sure that you, here's the CD. Make sure all your customers listen to it. Let me know how it sounds. And I remember one time we had did way back when. We did a Lamborghini, and we had did in that Lambo. We did uh, what we did in that? I think it was Phoenix Gold, or yeah, it was probably Phoenix Gold. And when we did Phoenix in there, it was for Swizz. We had Swizz wanted to pick up this car like at midnight. So we had to go down to Beth Page, pick up the car for him, meet him there. And I'm like, we already got this system tuned in. Alpine head unit, Phoenix. It had the diamond audios, everything you could think of. This thing was all set up, ready to go. Tuned in. Remy tuned it in. Of course we tuned it in for his music, which was rough. Rod Right. Right? Oh. Yep, exactly. He comes it's midnight, by the way. I come in my pajamas. I was mad tired. I think I got that photograph though. He we go in the car. He pulls out a CD. I was like, "We got this. I, this is gonna be easy." What? He pulled out the soundtrack to Saturday Night, Night Fever. <laughs> I was like, "Here we go!" Don't tell me he's gonna put the Beethoven one on. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, Yo, he did a trick on me. I was like, uh oh, what are we gonna yo, know, we were listening to the Tavares. One more than one man, mm-hmm. all that. I'm not trying to sing <laughs> fellas. But you know, it was it was and let me tell you something, it had all the bells and whistles on this track. Right. Horns. Horns, bells, whistles, right. everything in the and the system was so phenomenal. I passed the test. Nice. The whole team looked great and we was out of there. But that's one thing, like Artists, everyone likes to listen to their music through the, you know, the sound systems in the car. So that was very important. So, like I said, at a young age, I had me a clarion system. Shit was popping, you know, and that was very important to me. Always loud systems. Um, at that time, um, I'm sure that people probably remember this too. The CBs antennas, they were very big. Right. CB antennas. You had a CB in your car? App no. Kenny did. I didn't need that. Okay. But but what I did was I still got the CB antenna. Well, that was because before I had the cell blue, phones. No, I had the CB antenna with the LED lights. We have the whip in the back. Right. So it's like a magnetic that goes in the back of the trunk. Right. And it was a blue LED. And I don't think it was LED at that time. But no, probably not. No, Some bulbs. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it was blue LED, uh, blue bulbs. A blue light would, bulb. Yeah, that goes all up and down the antenna. You know right. The antenna in the back. And it right. was a little bit of whip. He had because his car was green. He had a green one, so I wanted up getting the blue one. But I didn't have a CB. <laughs> I just had the shit wired up just for the effects. You know i nice. saying I don't need to be talking. Yeah, you know, he, he breaker. likes it. Yeah, he wants to talk to track the trailer guys. Like right. he, had, he was one of them dudes that had like a CB in the house. Oh, just a chit right. chat like you. You probably do some stupid shit like that. Nah, 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 nah. You know I don't need to talk to anybody <laughs> to track the trailer. I'm guys. trying not to talk to anybody actually. <laughs> well, you're talking to a lot of people right now. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't know how that's going to work, but um, I don't want nah, people to talk back to me. Oh, that, yeah, no, listen, you want to you want to get comments. I want to hear some comments. What, what do you think what Jimmy's doing here? Please let, let me know how let us Jimmy's know. doing. Let me know how Jimmy's doing. Please put those comments on there. Right. On SoundCloud. Jimmy, what channel are we on?
3: What do you mean? What channel are we on? What kind of question is that? They're listening right now. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. Well, let them know. hit us up. at we unique radio. Yes. Subscribe, like, rate us. That's what Comment. We're
1: about. Please. Yeah, let me know if we're doing a good job.
3: This show is for you guys. Unique Radio is powered by Orifle. Orifle has a product range where you will find many of the top brands encountered in the target industries of graphic film, reflective sheetings, and industrial purpose adhesive tapes. Visit willcastro.com and click on the Orifle banner to get a sample card with the newest unique colors by Will Castro. The Orifle brands are known and trusted in the industry for their consistent high quality. Backed up by years of industry experience, top customer service, and excellence in meeting market requirements. Visit them on the web at restylingcom
0: Wow. Wow. I have to be honest, I did not know a lot of this stuff about you, Will. This is why I love that we're putting together this little series, which I have to say, you know, for our listeners, this is something that we're working on and that it's going to be presented on a weekly basis for the next couple of weeks, just about Will and his life, and chronicling different experiences he's had and just his stories. And I think it's I think it's really interesting. I actually I really enjoyed it, and I know you will too. So yeah. stay tuned in the upcoming weeks to True hear the stories. That. You
2: will yeah. enjoy it. Nice.
0: Yes. <laughs> no, but that was great. <laughs> I, yeah. I really liked it.
2: Yeah, I, I was really surprised. I never knew that Will had a. Top Billboard 100 hit with Willie C. and the Shotgun Girls grilling and chilling. (laughs) (laughs) That was.
1: There you go, Rick. (laughs) Well, hey, listen. um, I don't really get to talk too much about myself. You know, it's really always been about my team um, because I feel like a lot of people contributed to my success. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes you don't have enough time or you know, you have the opportunity to thank all these people. And I think it'll take me a a long time to do that because a lot of people have influenced me through my whole journey since I've been a kid. So
2: It's cathartic, too. I mean, you don't really get that opportunity a lot to kind of reflect on your past. And it, it's crazy because sometimes you... I wouldn't say you take it for granted. You just... You're always moving forward and you're always in the moment because life just puts you with bills and obviously your family and kids that if you get the opportunity to reflect and remember all those people and all those moments that helped shape who you are, that's, that's a gift really.
1: Yeah.
3: What's really amazing for me is, you know, I've been with Will long enough that, you know, I've heard a lot of the stories and, you know, it's been great that, you know, when the time that we have and he shares with me and it's, it's awesome. But I think it's great now that, the fans are going to be able to hear these stories because uh, just trust me it's getting much better the stories are going to be crazy and it's 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 really good and and it, i think it's going to be a great it's a great series
1: for sure yeah i mean it's just it's hard to like basically put it all in this podcast you know what i'm saying cuz we don't have 30 right. years mm-hmm. to right. go through everything so there's there's a lot a lot of stories so we're going to pick Certain stories that stand out, and I think that these stories can be shared, that either is going to motivate you, it'll get to know you more about me. Um, why I've been chosen is, I think I'm God's chosen, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I don't know He blessed me, you know what I'm saying? I don't know why you know we was picked, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, but we use the opportunity to showcase what we can do. You know, so. And like I said, you know, we had a lot of people that supported me in my journey. And that's refreshing, too, because
2: one thing I always hated, like I, I, I love hip hop. But one thing that is my pet peeve when you hear like hip hop artists saying I was this was destiny. This was I was meant to do this. No, 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 no. I always felt that success is a mix between opportunity and luck. You get that situation, and if you don't jump on it, if you don't capitalize on the moment, it could be fleeting. So I find it refreshing where Will's like, you know, I had all these people that lifted me up, and this wasn't just something that I was entitled to. I saw my opening, I saw my moment, I saw my chance, and I went after it. And that's inspiring because a lot of people don't realize that we all have that opportunity to to capitalize on. We just have to keep our eyes open and keep, you know, hopeful of the fact that that
3: one day will come. And I think it's a great lesson especially for today's generation that thinks that everything should be handed to them on a silver platter and it's like, "No, you have to go out and you have to make your you have to make your reality you have to make it you got to make a name for yourself right. at the end of the day and you I mean, got to make life what you want it. Yeah. and it's
0: also how you treat people i mean look i'm sure when you first started as in your story like there were times when you're like man i need to i need to have a certain kind of mindset and be a certain kind of way and then over the years you realize okay this is how i'm gonna act with this person and this per-. i mean even like even in this scenario right here i feel like you're giving me an opportunity you know what i'm saying in that sense where you know, it's it's also the way you treat people, and I think that takes people a very long way too. And you can't be thirty years in a business doing something you love and passionate about, and people respect you and actually putting out quality work if you yourself weren't a a certain kind of person. And that shows obviously because you're still doing it to this day. You know, so it's a good re- it's a reflection on your personality Gotta pay as well. It forward, yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, and, and 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 to Rick, like I feel like yeah. A luck has a little bit to do with it, but I think that people need to create their own luck. You know what I'm saying? I, I agree. By hard work. You know what I'm saying? You got. You're not gonna be given anything in this world. My mom told me that. My grandfather told me that. Like no one's gonna give you anything. Nothing's for free. You gotta work for it. Um, you gotta put the time in, and those are the things that you don't see, and that's what we're gonna be sharing on these weekly shows. The things that people don't understand that. You know, there's true stories like, no, this wasn't given to me. I had to work for this shit. But you
2: also something that another lesson that people can learn from you and something that I've always said is the difference between what makes people great at what they do and what makes them good or subpar mediocre is you followed your passion. I mean, I'm not the only one sitting at this table that has friends that once we graduated high school, they went to college. They got a um, degree in something they weren't interested in because they either wanted to party, so they wanted to pick the easiest classes, or they wanted to get their parents off of their back, and they ended up getting a job that they didn't love. So they wake up at 9, they go through the motions, they do what's expected of them, but they never try to innovate and go above and beyond. That's the difference from what Will did. Will said, this is what I want to do. This is my dream, and he went after it. And I know for a lot of people, they say, "Well, you know, that that, that should be obvious. You should do what you want to do." But that's not really the norm nowadays. A lot right. of people don't do that. They either chase the money, or they do whatever's easy. And um, I have this uh, this thought: the pleasure and pain principle. That for some reason, the universe makes the things that are pleasurable harder to attain. But when we attain them, they're that much sweeter.
0: Well, that's the thing too. A lot of people, like you said when they have a passion, they know to attain that passion might be a struggle. And they don't want to go to that struggle to get there. They would just rather take the okay, well I'll just do this job and I'll just do this and I'll go this route. You know, okay, whatever. I'll maybe do some stuff on the side if it makes me happy. But then there's people like Will that clearly it, it was not easy. You know, you were busting your ass, you were working multiple jobs because you wanted this one specific thing and that's what you were always passionate about. And that struggle is is real. I sound so cliche. You yeah. know, and you were willing to go through that, but it's which cliche is humbling for a reason. too. Right. But it's humbling too. But not a lot of people do that. Like there's few people that I have met in my life that are like, This is what I want to do and this is what I'm gonna do and I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. Not like, well, okay, maybe I'll just go to and do this on the side and if I have time, I will, you know, pursue this other thing, but I have mm. this happen You know, that just you know, yeah, that's so another reason why I love the story. That's why oh, I love listening. You. But
1: uh, honestly, like even uh, Jimmy, right, when we were talking about the podcast. Mm-hmm. Jimmy's been talking about the podcast for a while and I'm like, man, should we do one? And I said, you know what? Once I'm going to, once I get my mind to doing something, Jimmy knows that. I'm like, no, we're going to do it now. But, but the only thing is we have to do it a unique way, you know, and we have to make it professional. We want to be able to, you know, give something to our listeners, our fans, some kind of inspiration behind it, some kind of motivation, um, something that feels good. Keep them updated, and that's why we're doing this podcast for you guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not really about me. It's about right. my experiences right. that and hopefully health. someone could, you know, can can learn from something. My mistakes. I made a ton of mistakes. Right. And Medina's talking about struggle. Man, struggles every day. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, right. just waking up every day, and you know, you got to be positive. You got to be, yo, you're gonna go through life challenges every day. But you know what? You do your prayers, you know, everything's gonna be all right, and you just give it your all, and then you and you see how things really change.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's important. It's it, it's it is important to know that, you know. Again, this isn't something that Will's just doing so he can hear himself talk. It, we're doing this for a reason. We want these are questions that we get asked all the time, emails, and you know when if I run and if I'm wearing a unique shirt and I'm out to dinner, people come up to me and hey, how's Will? And you know, I get a bunch of questions. So. That's the reason why we're doing this segment, and I will tell you uh, that it is going to get better as it goes along. I mean, the story is great so far, but we're going to get into some really interesting stuff. And um, please email yeah. too,
1: you guys. You know, we want to hear your That's comments. You know, put the comments out there. No, I mean right. honestly, like you need to bring up the box of all the fan mail that we have, so right. we could start, you know, showcasing some of the fans that been writing me for years, right? And continue to write. Exactly. And I apologize. I don't get to, to really respond to a lot of that stuff. Um, but this is going to be maybe our platform that we do to for that. that. For sure. Yeah, we're going to do that. So we want to hear your comments, good or bad. Right. You know, we're just getting going here. Um, there's a lot of improvement. We always want to get better. So if, you know, you can help us there, we would love that.
2: And Medina, you can, you can vouch for this. Medina and I both worked in radio for... A decent amount of time. I mean, I've worked in radio for over a decade. And from working on Unique Radio, I will say this for all the people that are listening. I've worked with people who have treated... They, they don't have the reverence for the medium. They just use it as like a commercial. I don't, totally agree. Yeah. They, they, they show up. They're not prepared. They, they have this... They, they have this way where they're just so arrogant where they're like, well, I can do this. It's just talking, and that's not how it is. And everything from how the studio was constructed to Jimmy and Will and how you guys are just so locked in and so dedicated, dedicated to this, yeah. that's that, that's what's inspired me to to come in, and, and I'm, I'm Medina as well, and, and dedicate ourselves to this and go, go all, all in on this because a lot of people... You know, they they get to this point where they get a name, they get a brand, and they just they they feel like they they have this Midas touch that they don't want to put the work in. We're putting the work in, and that's what's going to make right. unique rise to the top of the pack because we are all dedicated and we're all really good at what we do, and we're all going to give 110 percent. And again, with the listeners. Give us the feedback. Let us know what you think because this, this is an evolution. Is it is, and it is for you. Yeah, yeah. Or
0: things that you want to hear about, or maybe stuff that, you know, we could, you know, if you're like, you know what, actually, you guys, you know what would be really fun to talk about, or anything, any of your ideas, or I'm, I always love.
3: So, on that note, If you do want to write us um, and if you have written us before, uh, we will try to get to you. But um, starting from now on, if you do want to write to us, you will get to them, Jimmy.
1: (laughs) I will 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 go through the
3: 10,000 emails (laughs) that uh, we haven't gotten to yet. And and just I'm sure you guys know this with the show being on and not to toot Will's horn. But, you know, we we get a lot of emails every day, so we can't get to every single one of them. And if we haven't got to you, we apologize for that. But going forward, if you do want to reach out to us, we have an email address for you. It's show at uniqueradio.com. Show at uniqueradio dot sure Nice, right, nice. Write like us, Jimbo. Write us and who came um, up
1: with that? Who came up with that? You did this show, nice man.
3: So, if you do want to write us, go ahead and, and uh, get in now. You'll be at the top of the list. And uh, <laughs> I think I'm going we'll yeah. <laughs> to email you. Yeah,
1: I want to email just to see myself. Yeah. yeah.
0: Jimmy, I I haven't even plugged in my own company. I'm (laughs) going to email you just to see if you get back to me. Big shout, you team (laughs) (laughs) unique.
2: We're also taking um, submissions for the Will Castro biopic. we (laughs) got to clear up George Clooney's schedule. Danny McBride will definitely play Jimmy. Nice. Eastbound and down. Eastbound
1: and down. Nice. (laughs) One thing I got to say, the music. That was good, DJ Bobby Uh, Castro. It was really good. Tell me about the original music exactly so my brother doing his thing out there listen
3: Bobby is one of the most and I'm not even saying this because it's it's Will's brother like when he before I heard Bobby DJ Will was always begging him up like oh Bob's really good and I'm like yeah he's probably saying that because he's his brother no he's legit but when I heard him DJ for the first time I was like what the like you don't like Bobby is just like a very laid-back type of guy but when he is a when he's in DJ mode He's a completely different, that's yeah, why we call him music. Bobby the Beast. Dude, yeah, when he was here. He was in the beast mode.
2: He, was, he, he took me under his wing. He was showing me stuff on Serato. I felt like he was Yoda and I was Luke on Dagobah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Carry him on my back, yeah. training <laughs> like a backpack. <laughs> um, no,
1: Bobby's really, he's really, he's really talented and he's very passionate about music. So mm-hmm. if
3: you think, I mean, I thought he was a great okay. DJ. When I heard his original music, I was even more blown away. So a lot of the beds that you hear us use on the show, all original music by DJ Bobby Castro. So if you're interested, if you like it, uh, feel free to reach out to him. www.djbobbycastro.com. Hit him up. He's on all the social medias, DJ Bobby Castro, Facebook, SoundCloud. And just listen to his music. You will absolutely love it. I'm telling you.
1: Bobby, Bob, I love you, bro. I love you, Bob. So listen, everything is, uh, is going in motion. Uh, I can't wait to next week's show. Uh, Please stay tuned and stay locked. Everyone have a great week. What are you guys doing this weekend? I think I'm going to go see the new Alien movie.
0: Nice. What are you doing, Medina? I'm trying to catch up on sleep, man, to be quite honest. You must be hanging out. (laughs) What are you doing, Jimmy? Uh, Got a little
3: family engagement this weekend And then uh, trying to take a little break A little breather What kind of family
1: engagement? If you don't vague Well, (laughs) I'm going to the circus Nice (laughs) Will's (laughs) out of here (laughs) Later Listen, stay tuned for next week We Unique Radio We out Peace Bye Bye Hey, if you want to stay connected to the show,
3: follow us on your favorite social media accounts at We Unique Radio. Listen to new episodes of Unique Radio every week on SoundCloud. And make sure you subscribe, like, and rate us on iTunes. You can find us at We Unique Radio.
1: You can check out all my updates, everything on my social, on Twitter and Instagram at I am Will Castro.